Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. I am Manji and with me today is... Yep, nobody. I'm doing a solo episode because uh, Shohan's not with me. Um, not this week at least. He's currently, you know, uh, having fun outside the city. He's on a little trip. So it'll be a solo episode, which is fine because uh, I think I owe him a break because uh, he carried for like two, three episodes roughly. Yeah, hopefully you guys are not bored with me because um, I'm going to try to keep this concise and focused. So this episode is mainly going to focus on Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning because um, I had no chance. Uh, I ha- I didn't have a chance to talk uh, with Johan about this. Uh, I wanted to. So I'm like, you know what? What better time to just do this solo by myself and just fully go in depth because I loved this movie completely so look what we'll do this episode it'll be like pretty you know chillaxed it'll be relaxed you know vibes all that stuff uh so yeah it's just i'm just gonna review the film and you know talk about box office stuff that might you people might not know that i just completely geek out on because i have nothing else to do um so um yeah let's let's get into this because I honestly think this is such a damn good movie. And I feel like with everything going on right now, I feel like it's just going to be not underrated, but it's going to just fly under the radar, I feel like. And no pun intended, if you guys have watched the movie, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. But anyways, let's get into this. I'm going to stay focused. So I'll give a synopsis of the film and then I'll go with, and then I'll start talking about the things that worked for me and the things that didn't work for me in the movie. And there's not a lot of that, but uh, there's just little, I guess, nitpicky details, but it doesn't matter. Look, I'm just not even going to keep the susp- suspense going because this film is fantastic. Like, it's such a good movie. God, I don't know how they do this. I don't know how his team, Tom Cruise, uh, Christopher McQuarrie, I don't know <laughs> how they keep like just like like releasing these movies and they just keep getting better and better. And obviously that's subjective, but like they've stayed quality wise since number three, I feel like they've stayed very consistent and they just keep going even like higher stakes, like even better. And the production just keeps going like, oh my God, I I, I can't even like stress this. Like I just like geek out on this shit because it's just so good. You know, when there's trash like Fast and Furious out (laughs) in, in theaters and stuff. And then you get at least there's two franchises that are action franchises that I can rely on with full confidence that I'm not going to be disappointed. Like even if they're subpar movies, they're still enjoyable. Like it's either John Wick or Mission Impossible, right? So, and I've, I, and in my opinion, I feel like Mission Impossible is like fully the best action franchise to ever exist. And this movie that just came out, Dead Reckoning Part 1, literally um, is the proof of that. So, Let's get into it. So let me give a brief synopsis. And knowing me, I know I beat around the bush, so I'll try to stay focused. Um, So basically, there's this entity, okay? And even in the movie, they call this thing the entity. That is the name of the villain, I guess. Um, Maybe I should stress the fact that I might spoil stuff, maybe intentionally and not intentionally, I guess. I don't know. Um, So basically, there's this entity that's basically an AI system, okay? So it's a, the villain of the full movie is an AI system, 
Okay, and it has its henchmen, I guess. And this AI system has grown a conscience consciousness basically, and it's going rogue and it's try and it has its own mind, I guess. Okay, and the whole premise of the film is the governments don't want this thing to be used and mission and Tom Cruise comes in and his team comes in because Tom Cruise finds out that this is um how do I even say this like um hmm I'm trying to watch my words because I, I I honestly don't want to just spoil everything because that, that's the last thing I want to do so like there's a villain in the movie that's from Ethan's past okay so this villain is pushing this AI system to go rogue and to take over basically everything and basically this AI system is coding in real time to erase the villain right and so he's basically controlling a lot of things in the military in the government and it's easy to manipulate people and the opening of this movie basically is there's basically a crew in a submarine and something happens where like what they thought was happening was not happening and it turns out that everything was being fabricated by this thing okay and that basically shows and it goes to the conversation that we're having these days, right, about AI and if it's safe and if it's going to, you know, go rogue and have a mind of its own and just start doing shit that we did not program it to do, you know, and maybe that could be consequential. And basically, that's what this movie is. And so that happens. And so the government, Ethan's government, OK, his uh, IMF team doesn't want this thing to be leaked and doesn't want this thing to be in the wrong hands. And so the whole time they're trying to retrieve these specific keys and you'll see in the movie, these specific keys are the basically the keys to unlock this basically AI system. Okay. And it's like a cat and mouse game. The entire movie, the entire movie is a cat and mouse game about who has the real keys, who doesn't have the real keys, who has the real keys. And who wants the real keys, acquiring these keys, these keys so that the uh, entity doesn't go in the wrong hands. And there's two parties. So there's the IMF team that's trying to get these keys. And then there's the villains, which is like the entity's henchmen, I guess, that want, to, want the keys as well so that they can have control of the entity and take advantage of it. And so that's a good baseline uh, story concept of it. And there's a lot of, obviously, if you've watched other Mission Impossible movies, there's layers to this, right? So there's a lot of character character development. There's a lot of new characters that show up. Some even old characters show up as well. Uh, and you've seen this in the trailers. It's not something that's like, you know, spoiler. Like, I think they leaned hev heavily on, like, the characters in the trailers as well. And one thing I didn't like about the trailers is the fact that they almost had no no dialogue, very mi little dialogue, and they only showed like montages, which other mo other past mission movies they never did this, and so that low key got me scared because I'm like, oh shit, are they hiding the fact that maybe this movie doesn't have a story? But the story in this film is very good, like it's a very well told story. Yeah, I I just think this movie is fantastic. So this is the that's the premise, okay? Let me just drink some water. Um, now. Let's get into the things that I loved about this movie. So there's a few things. So let's get into the things, first of all, that worked for me in the movie. So the positives. So first of all, it's a mission movie. The cast is fantastic. Like Tom Cruise, man, he's 
in his A game again in his 60s, but that does that is not stopping this guy. He's just balling around, doing crazy-ass action stunts. It's insane. Like, the set pieces in this movie are absolutely crazy. There's this uh, one set piece at the end of the movie that's so fucking mind-blowing that it's like... I'm yo, I'm still shocked because I'm still thinking about the set piece. It's so well done. It's so well done. It's basically like the only thing I'll say is like it it's reminiscent of Uncharted. If you ever played the game, ever like seen like the trailers that came out of like the movie version with like uh, Tom Holland, there's a thing that happens with the plane, right? But they in this movie they take cues from that and they just make it even better. It's so well done. And that's just one of the set pieces and there's a shit ton of them. There's like so many of them. There's the, even this airport sequence at the beginning of the movie, which I think is the best part of the movie. So well done. Action is absolutely insane. I feel like none of you are going to be disappointed if you choose to go see this film. Or if you've seen this movie, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, so the set pieces and action, this movie hits, obviously. So you go into a Mission Impossible movie, you, you know you're going to get that, right? So that's a positive. The characters... Benji's back. The OG squad's back. Benji's back. Luther's back. You know, Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise, he's right there. Ilsa Faust is in the movie as well. So that's the chick from the past, like, uh, two movies. So Fallout and uh, Rogue Nation. She's in the movie, but she's not a lot in the movie. Like, she she comes and goes. And and I'll get to one of the cons after, but that, that was one of my cons. And there's a few new characters in the movie that show up. So the main, the new lead, uh, what's her name? The girl from uh, Avengers, like the Captain America, Hilly Atwell, yeah? So she's like the main female lead in the movie. And yo, I'm not going to lie. She's absolutely fantastic. When you see the banter between her and Tom Cruise, like it's so well done, so well written. Um, and she's not the typical character you would think she is. It's actually something like I wasn't expecting them to do, but it actually works for her. Because when you see their interactions, it actually makes sense. Like, she's not in the IMF, okay? So she's not, like, out of the loop completely. Like, she's not a civilian. Because then it would be kind of like, oh, shit, you know how to do all this and you're a civilian. So that that wouldn't work. But, like, the what what they, what they she is in the movie, I'm going to keep it a secret, but it actually works. So she's a positive and her banter is fantastic. I was not expecting them to have such good, like, chemistry, but they do. Um, who else is back? Oh, yo. One, so the villain side. So there's like a couple. There's like the main villain, which is Isai Morales. That's like um, what's his name? Where did I see? I uh, he was the villain in the um, the first season of o- Ozark. If anybody remembers that, he he was like he's such a good actor. Like in this movie, like he he like he's very good. But I feel like he was like one of the main cons in the movie. But but one of his henchmen in the film, which is um, the girl from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, what's her name? Oh, wait, let me look her up. Um, <laughs> uh, Palm, Palm Clementiev, is that her name? Yeah, Palm Clementiev. Yo, her, she is so scary in this movie. It actually, like, <laughs> it gives me chills. Like, there's some scenes in the movie where, like, she's batshit, like, going crazy. It's, like, so, like, I don't know, man. It looks like she's, like, coked up on something. Because the way they made her character look in the movie was so well done like she's actually a badass i felt like she was more of a, a scare a more of a scarier villain than isai morales in the movie but he but he's like the main lead like he's like the main villain of the movie and um yeah so the character wise those are good and also there's uh past faces as well from like old movies so like 
if anybody remembers the first Mission Impossible, there's like um, Henry that comes back, Henry Cerny. Like that's Kittredge from the first film. And I love the fact they brought him back. And you know what else they brought back, people? You know what else they brought back? They brought back Dutch angles, fam. Dutch goddamn angles. Those are angles where the camera's usually like tilted on a character and it looks like they're tripping out a bit. And I appreciated that. You know why? Because this movie, when you watch it, it's going to feel like the most 90s action movie since the first Mission Impossible. You know how each Mission Impossible movie tends to always be like every, like always be different. Like it tends to always be like completely different from the last movie tone wise, uh, action wise, and just like the way they storytell. This movie is also very different from Fallout. So if you're going into this movie expecting to see Fallout, that's not what this movie is. It's, it's a different style. Okay, so it's a different style of a film, but this is a very 90s classic old school type of filmmaking. Like it's it's that type of movie. It's not it doesn't it doesn't feel like a modern action film. It does. Like the action set pieces are modern and they're well done and they're badass, but like the way they choose to shoot, the way they choose to light the film, the way they choose to cut between scenes and the way they choose to film certain scenes are very 90s nostalgia. Like if you watch the first movie, this is like like this movie is the closest looking to the first Mission Impossible movie compared to all the others, all the other missions. And that's kind of cool because I was not expecting that. But yeah, so uh, those are definitely the positives. The um, pacing of this movie, by the way, let's talk about the pacing. This movie is two hours and 43 minutes. And I'm not going to lie. I did not feel the time at all. Like this movie just flies by. Like there's no like, yes, there's like moments that are slower than others, but it doesn't feel boring. Like it just flies by. It just moves, which is good because I did not feel that. And I can't say the same thing about Oppenheimer. And that shit was a fantastic movie, but I felt the three hours 100%. So if you're concerned about the runtime, that's not an issue. It's fantastic. Uh, What else? What else? What else? What else? Oh, yeah. If you want Tom Cruise to run, fam, this guy runs in this movie. Like this guy has so many running scenes in the movie. I was actually kind of surprised. I was not expecting that many running scenes. But man, I don't know what this guy does or like if this guy just knows how to run on movie, like on film. But it just looks so badass. (laughs) This guy's in his 60s. I think he's 61 now. Obviously, he was younger when he made the movie. Like, he was a few years younger. But still, yo, at that age, you, you don't expect somebody to do these things. So, it's like, it's it's sick. So, I appreciated that. Now, the director, Christopher uh, McQuarrie. He's the same director for the past three films. So, he did Rogue Nation, Fallout, and he did this movie. And he's also doing the part two of this film. Uh, he's the one who wrote uh, Ghost Protocol. But it wasn't directed by him. It was directed by this other guy. Um, so I like the consistency. I like the fact that now, since number four, like all these movies seem to be like interweaving and they look kind of consistent from within each other. Um, and and like they're they're all they're their own thing. Obviously, they're, they're it's always their own like um, uh, secluded storylines. But like there's things that interweave now with characters showing up here and there and like uh, storylines being tied in that I appreciate. So that works. Now, the cons. Let's go to the cons. Wait, did I finish with the positives? Actually, no, no, no. Let's not go to the cons. Let's continue with the positives. The score, the goddamn score, the music, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I love the ver- the ver- new version of the Mission Impossible theme. It looks, it sounds 
insane. It was so badass. Um, I like the fact that this movie, uh, compared to the others, it's very, um, uh, how do I say this? It's not that it's like slow and it's, it's not like, it's not, I'm not saying it's ominous or slow or, or melancholic. Is that a word? I don't know, but let's make it a word. <laughs> um, it just, it's different. There's a lot less music in the movie and more like dialogue. But when the music shows up and when the score hits, it's so well placed. It hits so hard. It's so good. I appreciated that. It, it was it was sick. It was sick. You'll, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about when you watch it. So that was good. Um, What else? Uh, is there anything else in the positives or am I just like ranting now? Um, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, maybe it'll come to me. I don't know. Um, okay, let's go in the cons. I don't have a lot of cons, but the I have like two or three cons. And um, I've watched the movie twice now. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I think I might have to watch it a third time just to like, you know, get like a proper like, um, like proper like uh, answer and just to confirm a few things, confirm a few doubts that I have. But as of right now, I've watched it twice and the f- the cons are still the cons for me. Like I haven't changed my mind on those. So first con that I did not uh, like about the movie is I thought the first and third act were absolutely fantastic. Where I think the movie started to have a tiny bit of issues. And I hate saying, uh, I, and I hate saying like the movie has issues because it makes people that are listening right now think that, oh shit, the middle part of the movie is bad. It's not bad. It's, it just has issues. The movie is actually fantastic. I'm just pointing out things that most people might not notice, but I noticed. Um, so the, so the second act of the, this movie, I just feel like they took a step back, especially when it came to a specific character. Ilsa's character and I did not like everything that happened in the um, Venice sequence. So this movie travels through a lot of locations. So it starts off in um, the desert, the desert Abu Dhabi. And then it goes to uh, Rome, Italy, and then it goes to Venice. My main issue is everything that happens in Venice. I I don't think I still like it. I, I, I don't know. I just don't like it. I felt like the tone was slower. Something was off. It felt very cheap to me. There's this whole sequence that happens in a nightclub in Venice that I just felt like the filmmaking just felt cheap to me. The way they shot things, the way they cut through scenes. There's like scenes where like Tom Cruise borderline looks puffy, man. And then it cuts to another scene and he looks completely normal. Like I was like, wait, what? And I understand it was filmed during lockdown. So I'm sure like there was like time that passed through, um, you know, to, uh, from scene to scene. There was a lot of time that passed from each take to the other. Because uh, for people that don't know, like most of these movies are never filmed in chronological order. They're always filmed uh, disorganized depending on scheduling, time and all that location, all that stuff. Um, so yeah, the nightclub scene in Venice I don't know. It just felt weird to me. Something was off. There's like too much exposition in that scene in Venice. Um, and I feel like it gets a bit convoluted. Uh, there's a lot of back and forth dialogue, the villain with the, between the villain, the broker, Ethan's team. It, w- it was just like too much. And then Ethan gets like an ultimatum where he has to choose between two people. And that I just felt like it was cool. I understand where they were trying to go uh, with that, you know, just to have stakes um, and to make the villain seem empowering and like dominant. To me, it just didn't work because I felt like where it was leading, it was leading to this um, bridge fight on the Venice Canal. It was leading to this fight. And 
I don't know what it was, but this fight felt like a cheesy, like like cheesy um 80s action movie where like it just didn't feel modern. It just didn't feel as modern and as slick as I was used to seeing the action in the Mission Impossible movies, if that makes any sense. I've, so when I watched Rogue Nation, when I watched Fallout, when I watched uh, Ghost Protocol, the action seems very flawless, very smooth, clean, well choreographed, cut well. In this sequence, in the Venice sequence, I, I felt like it was way too cheesy. It looked cartoony at board, border. It honestly borderline looked cartoony to me. Like I was like watching the scenes and I'm like, there's no way I, I should I should feel right now that I'm like scared or if I feel like something's bad, something bad's going to happen or if I think this is badass by any means because it wasn't. Like they, for some reason, they filmed the action sequence in full, uh, at a full wide angle. So you saw every single movement like it was a choreographed like theater dance and to me it was it was it looked honestly laughable like i was like what the fuck is this like i was so confused and i and that just took me out of the movie like it was cutting between that scene and ethan running to save her so there's there's a sequence where like they're fighting on the bridge yeah first of all i'm spoiling this because i'm pissed (laughs) so spoiler alert if you don't want to hear this uh mute it or skip it do whatever uh elsa faust she's fighting with the main villain on the bridge and Ethan, he's running from that um, nightclub in Venice to catch Ilsa, and he's being guided by Benji. Now, Ethan doesn't arrive on time because Benji's directions are being manipulated by the AI system, which is the entity. So he's being dragged and he's being, you know, um, basically misled the entire time. And while Ilsa is having like this one-on-one sword battle <laughs> on a uh, Venice canal, which in which in dialogue here, it sounds badass. It sounds cool. It just, the execution in the movie was like very cheesy and weird to me. Like, it's, I don't know what it was. It just felt so cheap. And I'm like, what? I hold like Mission Impossible to a much higher standard. And just seeing that, I was like, eh. It's cool, but it's like, eh, I, it could have been much, much, much better. And knowing the fact that they had a couple of years to edit this, I was like, oh, maybe you could have done reshoots or maybe you could have edited edited, edited the thing a different way. I don't know. And I don't know how much of a difference that would have made and how much that would have cost because, um, you know, you know, it's all about money. But um, yeah, so that sequence uh, to me was a big negative. Um the other negative is the aftermath of that sequence. I don't like the fact that they basically killed off Ilsa Faust. I felt like she was like the best thing about this franchise since um, uh, his um, main relationship with the girl in the third movie. And she was such a well-developed character and they just killed her off. And to be fair though, to be fair to Christopher McCory, like I, I, I'm never going to rant like this without having a, a reason. Um, we never actually see a funeral sequence and we never actually see her face like dead if that makes sense like she's laying on the bridge i mean unconscious and ethan's you know caressing her and he's crying but we don't actually see a funeral sequence we don't see what happens after that there's a big cut you know so maybe maybe in the in the upcoming movie which is part two i don't know when that's gonna come out but maybe in that movie we're gonna see that and if they do something like that i'll forgive i'll forgive this I'll, I'll actually forgive this. 
But just now knowing at this moment, just knowing that she is dead from what the movie led me on to believe, I am so sour about it and it pisses me off because <laughs> she was so good. I loved her. Like she was fantastic. Anyways, um, so that's one of the main cons. And the other con, what was the other con? Hmm. <laughs> what was the other con? No, honestly, I think that was it. Yeah, honestly, that was the main, main, main con for me. Um, I just felt like this movie was so well executed. See, like I'm saying this just to just so people have reassurance that this movie is actually very, very good. Like it's very well rated on Rotten Tomatoes as well, like 96% um critics and uh 94% audience. So that's like it's very good. Like it's it's and by the way, the audience score is based on over five thousand verified ratings. So you know that it's reliable. And I don't know how many of you like follow critics or listen to what the critics say. A lot of you I know don't. Um, so just have reassurance that the uh, audience score says it all, you know. And this off you, come on. It's Mission Impossible. It's fucking amazing. It's so cool. The action is fantastic. There's a Rome sequence, car chase scene that's so sick. The the full opening of the movie when they're in the submarine. Well, not Ethan. Well, there's a Russian naval unit that's in a submarine doing a, uh, I guess, a mission that was so well done it was so properly executed um the whole air- airport sequence by the way the air- airport sequence is so good so well done and then the ending the train sequence on the oriental express ah badass so badass so good oh yes that reminds me actually that's the other con one of the cons that I, uh, one of the things that i didn't um think were um hmm okay so look i'll just say this the, my second con is the fact that um the basically the big stunt that's advertised in the trailers about this movie the motorcycle jump i just felt like it was over dramatic uh in the movie and in the publicities like on youtube like on the in the trailers they advertised that shit and um they did a lot of uh bts like um um, behind the scenes uh, featurettes on YouTube. Like they did a lot of them, like compared to all the other movies, like maybe the other movies had like one featurette. This movie, they advertised the shit out of the featurettes. Like they had like three or four different BTS behind the scenes featurettes of how they made the sequences before the movie even came out, by the way. And so I just felt like they shouldn't have done that. They should have waited with the featurettes because, you know, people like, that are into the movies maybe not the all uh maybe not like the everyday uh every like everyday audience um maybe besides them people like me that are cinephiles that love movies and all that like i watch everything so i'm aware of what's happening i just felt like by watching those featurettes they've showed they showed too much and there was nothing left for me to see in the movie like there's a lot of things that 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 are uh, that are in the movie that uh, have never been shown in in the trailers and in the featurettes but still i felt like if i only had those two trailers that they released and no featurettes and i watched this movie i felt like it would have impacted me a lot more than what it did if that makes sense um but yeah the the main motorcycle jump in my opinion was not as good as the other big stunts in the other movies so like in fallout the helicopter sequence i thought it was better in rogue nation the plane sequence i thought it was better um i felt like in ghost protocol which i think that has still the best done where he's like running on the building i felt i feel like that was much better like the motorcycle jump is insane don't get me wrong it's so sick it's insane the fact that he did it six times as well six times is absolutely nuts but 
in the movie it just passed by within three seconds it was so quick you know like it wasn't leading up to that sequence like it was leading up to it it happened very quick and then it just cut and then we moved on and i was like okay like it's good it's just something that like bothered me a bit maybe after the third or fourth viewing of this movie it's not going to bother me that much but it did uh, yeah i think i've gone through a lot of it um yeah no i'm not gonna lie this movie's so good it's so goddamn good besides the criticism that i criticisms that i just gave um and the things that i didn't like it doesn't matter because they were all overshadowed by the things that i did like and watching it the second time the things that i did like were even better you know um and uh yeah i mean that's that's what i feel you know um the train sequence at the end is so good though <laughs> i still think about it <laughs> to the point where i just want to buy another movie ticket just to go see it just for the ending sequence because it's so good uh, also uh the movie is a part one right and it's advertised as dead reckoning part one and the thing that i actually appreciated about the movie is the fact that um it actually has a good ending like it's not a fucking cheap ending where like they do a cliffhanger like it actually has a proper ending which is like thank god you know what i mean like it's such a balanced ending to the point where like it's like okay cool so we know the movie ended and this whole story that happened in the movie is done but there's things that were not answered that will be answered in the second movie and you can tell that they're setting it up for something else but also it has its own ending and that was just, I felt like it was very well executed. That's why I trust Christopher Morcori because he's a writer first. He's a writer-director. He usually writes all these Mission Impossible movies. So I know he has a grasp of what this franchise is, right? And so I like this. Tom Cruise is still on his A-game, bro. This guy is the best, the GOAT. He's that guy, man. He's just that guy. And you just have to appreciate that shit, you know? It's respectable. Now... One thing that I wanted to discuss, by the way, before we end this, it's going to be a short episode. We're already like uh, kind of going um, long, but I'll, I'll try to end it by the 45 minute mark. Um, what I wanted to talk about also is the um, the tracking of this movie, basically like the numbers that it has. So for people that don't know, I'll just give quick context. Um, this movie started production, if I'm not mistaken, in 2019. So just before uh, COVID hit, um, and it continued through COVID, uh, the filmmaking, the, 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 the shooting of the movie, which is the production of the film that, sh that continued throughout COVID. And, um, instead of it being like a six to nine month, sh six to nine month shoot, which what normal big blockbuster movies are sometimes even sometimes actually even three months, uh, this movie ended up shooting for like, I think two and a half, three, three years, which is absolutely absurd by the way. Just to give you an idea of how crazy that is, no movie has ever done that, right? And obviously, it was an exception because of COVID. This movie shut down like five or six times. And whenever a movie shuts down or whenever there's delay in the production, that's never a good thing for the movie studios and especially more for the movie because what that means is whatever they paid to do, whatever, they, whatever venues, whatever locations they booked or whatever they... Uh, whatever set people time whatever whatever expenses you have that were paid for that now have to be lost and postponed until we can come back and shoot again is always more costly to the studio and the fact that this movie was shut down five six seven times i don't know it was shut down a shit ton of times uh through lockdown and after lockdown it ended up costing the movie the budget of this movie ended up costing 300 million dollars which is 
which is crazy. It's absolutely insane for a Mission Impossible movie, especially because it's not a lot of CGI. It's not heavy on CGI. It's mainly practical action. So it's filmed on locations. Most of the movies, there's CGI on in a few shots because it just enhances the shots, but it's not a CGI first film, if that makes sense. So it's always shot on location, practical stunts, like old school filmmaking, which I love. Um, but yeah, so it ended up costing $300 million just to make the goddamn movie start to finish. And that's the cost of the movie. We're, ex- we're, we're completely excluding um, uh, promotion, by the way. Like whatever ads, trailers, billboards, ads, TV spots, whatever, whatever that you see in, you know, television, YouTube, online, whatever. That is another cost. Usually that costs around 100 to $150 million for uh, marketing. So if we exclude that completely and knowing that this movie made $300 million, um, it's not really looking good. Because right now, as of right now, it's been, what, three weeks that the movie came out? roughly um the current worldwide box office of this movie is 455 million dollars which is good but it's also kind of not good and it's actually kind of worrisome because and i'm and something someone like me pisses me off because i'm like yo this movie is so good so i don't understand why people are not going to watch this movie because clearly everybody's going to watch oppenheimer and barbie right so why aren't a lot of people going to watch mission impossible dead reckoning which you guys should because um, I want to see more of these movies and these movies are fucking amazing. So please go watch these movies. Yeah, it's at $455 million and it's not looking good. Because um, usually um, when a movie has a budget of $300 million, the rule of thumb usually, the protocol that most like analytical sites follow to calculate profit and, and loss is the movie actually has the minimum, just by minimum, break even. So the movie has to break even, right? And what I mean by break even is that for the movie to be profitable, actually not even. For the movie not to be even profitable, just the movie to just not lose money, it has to break even, meaning. So if it costs $300 million, the movie has to make at least $600 million so that the movie isn't losing money, if that makes sense. So if the movie ends up making $600 million. Now, to the outside world, it sounds like a lot of money, which it is. But for them, it's them just, you know, saving their losses in the sense that they basically broke even. So they be, so if they, were, if they were at negative $300 million, they came to $0 with the $600 million, if that makes sense. At $600 million, they're fully balanced. So whatever money they make after $600 million, that would technically count as profit so it would be profitable and it wouldn't be a flop of a movie right um and knowing that usually these movies have like a hundred million dollars or 150 million dollars of um marketing ads and stuff like that uh, it's not really looking good but i felt i don't know uh, it, it's not really looking good i'm not gonna lie so that's kind of not reassuring to me and it kind of pisses me off i don't know why because it deserves to make that much money. It's such a good movie. It's so good. So like, yeah. I mean, all the other movies made a lot of money. Every single movie made slowly more money than the others. Except for number three. It kind of dipped at number three because number two was actually shit. 
And so people didn't show up as much to watch number three. But from number th- uh, four, it just kept going up and up and up. And um, Mission Impossible as a franchise never has made a billion dollars. I think Fallout made $860 million when everything was like set and, set and done, all completely like set up, like completely finalized. It made like $860 million, which is fantastic. Um, I just feel like Dead Reckoning needs to make at least that. <laughs> It has to at least make 750, 800 million to 850 maybe to just be on good graces with the studios. Because the last thing I want to do is not to fucking see more Mission Impossible movies. I know they're filming right now at number eight. Um, so that's good. I know, We're at least going to get number eight. So that's good. And number eight is supposed to be what they say is supposed to be the last movie. But, uh, you know, knowing Tom Cruise and knowing how the these things work, it's never going to be the last movie. I don't know. Maybe it might be, but it doesn't look like it. So, yeah, I don't know. That's the, that's what I wanted to talk about, mainly the the, the budgeting, the uh, the nerdy things that most people don't give a crap about. But I do because uh, I'm a movie geek, yo. Hopefully, people, um, you like this episode and uh, you like my commentary, the solo commentary um without shohan but he's gonna be back next week uh, it's gonna be a regular show as of next week so shohan's gonna be back um yeah hopefully you guys don't mind me doing a solo episode i can tend to be loud at times and not be um you know um you know not be entirely focused but i tried to be as focused as i could be so we stayed on one topic and we stayed to this topic that's it nothing else so Please, if anybody's um, still listening to me, uh, well, go watch Mission Impossible because it's fantastic. It's so good. It's so goddamn good. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, just to let you guys know that um, me and Shohan are working on a few things, um, mainly, you know, rebranding the podcast. So we're looking at changing names, changing the theme, uh, new format and all that stuff, hopefully. And if if we start to get a bit more traction, we want to lean towards um, video podcasts. So you guys are finally going to see a face to the voices. Um, other than that, just stay tuned. That's why when I did the intro, I don't know if you guys noticed, I didn't say don't at us. I said welcome to the podcast because, you know, we're trying to push away from that name um, and do something more us, you know, and uh, yeah. And hopefully we can bring more guests. So if there's people listening to the podcast... Um, that actually just uh, want to come on. You don't have to. You don't have to have to necessarily be pro- promoting something, or 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 you know talk about something. You can just like come on. You know for vibes, just be here, part of the discussion, part of the banter. You know, uh, and yeah, feel free. Just message us on Donatus or on our personal uh, IGs. It's linked in the description of this podcast episode. And uh, for people, if you want to support the channel. Or like the podcast specifically, I should say actually, um, go on Red Circle. That's our um, that's the that's our partners. So that's who we link with uh, to do the podcast where we promote them. You could always donate to the podcast, you know. Or the best way, actually, not not even donating. The best way to support the podcast is by listening and sharing the podcast. Honestly, free publicity is the best publicity, as they say. So, anyways, listen. I have been Manji, and this has been the podcast. And hopefully you like my little review, rant, and um, dissection of Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. And uh, yeah, I'll see you next time. Yes.